Hi, everyone. Stuart Gandalf here, uh, again with another podcast. As you may know, if you're a regular blog subscriber, that I periodically do blog podcasts with people that I think are interesting and have unique points of view and uh, expert knowledge that I like to bring to the table. So today I'm covering something different. We're stepping outside of just healthcare. We're going to talk about the world of vanity phone numbers. And this is an area that's sort of a lost art out there. Um, People, it's been around for a long time. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of fascination, a lot of questions and a lot of misplaced assumptions, I think. And, but for my own part, I think that this particular topic is really interesting. And because way back at the early parts of my career, I used to work with a great big agency named J. Walter Thompson. And I was an account supervisor on the Health and Tennis account. And the Health and Tennis account later became Bally Total Fitness. And the brands that they own were people like Presidents and Holiday Spa, and Jack LaLanne, um, and a host of others. And so they had multiple health clubs They were by far at the time the largest health club chain out there. And they had multiple brands and multiple markets. And I was still relatively young in advertising. I was an account supervisor, so I'd been around a few years. But I was in a editing room watching the editing of half a million dollars a year worth of editing phone numbers. And it turned out they had for each market, they would show seven or eight phone numbers for each individual health club up on the screen and spend hours and hours trying to get the right numbers at the right location, the right club. And I thought, this is crazy. Like, that's really, really, first of all, it's wasteful in the editing. But second, who in the right mind can pick the right club location and phone number in a few seconds, right? And remember all those disparate numbers. So I came up with this idea. Why don't you guys just do 800 fitness or 800 workout? And I came up actually with about five of them. But those are my favorite too. And they ended up going out and buying them. And they did what I recommended which was come up with an electronic solution. This was pretty early. This is way back, you know, a couple of decades ago. And we figured out a way that people could put in their uh, zip code and be directed to the right club, which was their ultimate objective. And so that's something that I've always thought was fun. And, you know, back then we had Heather Locklear and Cher and Sheena Easton as our spokespeople. And that was pretty fun. And it was uh, apparently a multi-million dollar property for my clients. So that was good news. And um, so it's something I've always been interested in. And that was, you know, pretty... Um, innovative for its day. Flashing forward now in 2022, uh, things are a little different, as you probably have guessed, and the whole idea of vanity numbers is coming into question. So, Bruno, I'd like you to start off by maybe telling the, our listeners just a little bit about you know your background, but especially like our vanity numbers even relevant today. Well, thank you for the introduction um, and calling uh, what we're doing interesting and a lost art. Those are complimentary. Uh, uh, you know, it really is kind of a contrarian standpoint in the digital age to, you know, be touting the benefits of the phone number. But what it's really boiling down to is, you know, relationships and how you build them with people when you actually can hear their tone and inflection. So with vanity phone numbers, it's simply about memorability. And with all the noise out there, um, you know, having a phone number that people can recall that puts them in direct contact with you is still incredibly powerful, even though we have all these great ways of connecting. So our business was kind of started with that whole idea. We acquired uh, our first phone number and we got two of them. It was 1-800-DRAPERIES for window treatments and 1-800-VERICOS for varicose veins. And that's how we cross paths. Um, and we licensed them all across the country 
two different types of businesses. Uh, we have numbers outside of Veracos and Draperies, obviously, in every industry you can think of, uh, 888 Bariatric, uh, 800 Care First. So medical, legal, contractors. Um, I was telling you about 1-800-I-WANT-HAIR, which also is 1-800-I-WANT-HALF for divorce attorneys. So, you know, <laughs> got dual purposes. Yep. So yes, it's funny. I met Vinny ages ago when we worked with dozens of varicose uh, vein practices, vein practices over the years. And uh, a number of our clients had or wanted 800 varicose. And the way that worked is uh, because we're doing both digital advertising and traditional advertising, particularly broadcast, it's fleeting. Nobody gets to keep the phone number with them on its TV or on especially radio. Uh, we wanted to get an easy to remember phone number. And 800 varicose is still being licensed to varicose vein practices across the country. And uh, it's an interesting model. So instead of being um, buying the entire phone number, you're licensing it on a market by market basis. So Vinny, one of the things that, you know, as I said, I'm, I don't know why, but this just always has intrigued me. Um, the first question I would like to pose to you is, okay, 800 numbers back in the olden days, it mattered a lot because when they first came out, people were very concerned about long distance charges. Everybody would get a hit with the bill and that's really, I think, why they came into being was not so much for memorability, but the idea is call toll free. And that, you know, still to this day, they say call toll free. Now you think about it today, it's kind of cute, right? Everybody has a cell phone number you can call anywhere domestically for free. It's, you know, it's part of your plan like any other phone call. So it's kind of a non-issue for most people these days. Uh, there's also VoIP, right? There's um, calling, dialing. And I mean, there, I guess there is still long distance charges, but that's not really the driver. So is why are 800 numbers beyond the memorability, which we'll get to, but why is 800 still relevant? You know, that is a, one of the biggest questions I get. And people are always like, hey, Bruno, I can get a local number that smells a word as well. Why would I get a toll-free number? It's really simple. So there's a couple of big reasons. One, you're right. Nobody cares who pays for the call. But these toll-free prefixes, they really are like the dot-coms of telecom, right? So it's amazing, but if you have these 833 numbers, for example, or even if you have a local number like 904 Varicose, people don't remember those. They're not part of how people think when they think of these types of phone numbers. They think of 1-800, right? So 1-800 is your .com. We have something called the default dial, right, which is which phone numbers people recognize instantly. And that recognition, 888 being the highest, is also the reason why they're remembered so well. And there's been plenty of people that have tried to use a lower grade number, for example, and somebody has the better version of it, and they end up losing leads there. So we always tell people, you know, get the best version you can get and don't use a number if someone's got a higher tier than you, right? If someone's got the 800 version, don't think you can tell the 833 version. We have a, a number 800 mechanic, and there's a mechanics bank on the East Coast. We get about, oh, 60 calls a day, and people leave all types of information for us on the, on the line from that area. So you want to make sure you get the best version you can get. That's why toll-free is so important. Um, the other part of it is there's some, some criteria, like 
the numbers can't be spoofed. You get more access to certain data than you would on a local line. Um, and when you enable text messaging, it's cheaper with toll-free. And there's a lot of really technical sides of that, but they have these campaigns that people are running in terms of being able to send out text messages. And you have a little bit, you're less likely to have your campaign blocked on toll-free than you are through local numbers if you're doing outbound. So that's interesting. Do you feel like the average consumer knows that you can even text major number? Because I wouldn't know that unless I was told that. I would assume it has to be a, a cell phone. You know, uh, they they probably don't. And it's probably not a big deal because who's going to remember a random phone number to text anyways? I mean, maybe for like customer service issues, if it's right in front of you. But that's why we have something called call to text where you call a number and it simultaneously delivers a text message at the same time. So whether it's just somebody seeing a billboard or a truck or hearing a radio spot, calling and hang up, I'll do that all the time. Well, I'll call so it's in my phone log so I can go back to it later. But this way you get a text message that also can deliver a direct link to the person. So when they do want to find you online, you say, go here, avoid Google, go straight to our digital assets. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. So the, the interesting thing too, we talked about the other day on a website, the idea of having an 800 number uh, that uh, you and I shared was number one, it feels direct response. Like um, like you're supposed to call it. So it might even, I think you were saying that it might even help increase the response in other ways of responding just because there is an 800 minute there. They know they're supposed to respond or they've been conditioned that that's a response thing. Is that true, Bruno? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 800 tells people a couple of things. If you put just a random local number up there with the internet, we don't really know what's real and what's not anymore. I mean, it's kind of hard to say like, is this company really established? They've got a great looking website, but we all know you can kind of set that up fairly easily nowadays. So having a toll-free number gives you a little bit of legitimacy. And then if you have a toll-free vanity number, right? So if somebody sees 1-800-Varicose, 1-800-VANDOC, 888-Bariatric, they don't think you just started business yesterday. They say, this must be an established, reputable, uh, decent-sized company. And so that's also a way that you can kind of be more trustworthy and present yourself as being more established. And what about uh, companies that have both a local number and an 800 number? Do you suggest using both? Or, or because I just, one thing that you and I have discussed in the past is, well, I'm afraid I want to get a, a phone bank if I call the 800 number, but are both important or would you rather just stay with the 800? What are your thoughts there? It depends on where it's used, right? So if it's on your website, you know, for the vanity side of it, you want people to see your number. So when they leave wherever they're at, wherever they found you, uh, again, you know, you, they don't know if they clicked the, pay-per-click ad or if they saw you through a Facebook ad. So they might not remember how they found you in the first place. So the vanity number is great because it gives them something they can contact you with should they leave and, and not remember you. But just going back to what you're saying, if you have both of them on your site, it's not a big deal. What you want to do is make sure you have that vanity number and the only thing you're presenting to people when you're doing your advertising, because again, it's very short time frame. People are seeing this, that they're you know interacting with your ad and you want to give them one thing they can hold on to. Putting two numbers in front of them is very confusing. Yeah, I want to make sure that I was afraid you were, you, you were great on clarifying that. I didn't mean to say use it in your ads. I was saying on your website, but on your ads, yes, you want to have typically a singular call to action. Don't give them yeah. versions, give them one. Just like we went back to, I was mentioning on Jay Walter when we had six or seven ads on the, or, or phone numbers on the ads on TV, one phone number. You're lucky to get them to remember that. 
So another thing that we talked about, you alluded to it, but to clarify this for me, please, the whole idea of 800 and 888 versus 833-844-855, all those, is there a difference? Absolutely. I mean, you know, so we talked about that recognition rating and, you know, everyone's familiar with 800. Everyone's familiar with 888. They've been around for over 30 years. You get into 833, a lot of people don't even know their toll-free prefixes, um, but they are better than local vanities or, or because like I was telling you, I think we had this conversation at one point, I had someone call me up from Texas and they had gotten a, a local number that spelled a word that was longer than the normal dialing pattern. So, you know, when we talk about dialing patterns, you see 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. That's obviously longer than your traditional phone number, but it doesn't matter because the phone companies and, and the dialing pattern recognizes that that's a vanity number, it's a toll-free number, and it'll just dial through. But on a local number like that, it thinks that the person was trying to dial an international call because it was longer than a traditional phone number. So that's another reason to go toll-free is that they, and they create these dialing patterns. They know that they won't have an issue of an additional digits pressed, for example. So there's less missed dials. Yep. And another thing that we've talked about is the missed dials, even with the 833-844s, it's funny to our listeners here. Because Bruno and I have talked about this in the past. And just recently, we were trying to source an 833 number for that a client already has. And it had a form for me to fill out online. And I initially put 800 version of it. So I missed out it there. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I was calling about an 833 number, inquiring about an 833 number, I still like just spaced out and put 800. And I recognized my mistake right away and emailed back. It's like, no, no, it's not 800, it's 833. But that so the missed dials are much bigger with eight three three eight four four eight five five eight six yes. seven seven right and that's yeah. important. I like the big four, so I like eight hundred through eight six six are the ones that we prefer. But you know, there's sixty million plus toll free numbers. Only one percent of them spell anything worthwhile. So it is hard to get. You're getting into rare air when you're looking for eight hundreds, the term you want, um, particularly if it's like an industry term and not something specific. So typically 800 or 888 are your safest bet. And the, I guess you're saying 866 and 877 are yes. different second choices. And after that, it's like kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> right. They're like 866 and 877 are like .org. And, you know, 833 is like .us, .tv, something really weird out there. All right. That makes sense. So let's talk about the... Um, the way to spell it. So you mentioned something that I thought was really important in case our listeners missed that. So if you have a name that you're trying to spell out that has more than the traditional seven digits, right? Because most US numbers have an area code and then there's seven digits after that. There's the uh, prefix and then there's the four numbers after that. So the if you have a company name with eight or nine, it's okay. We talked about offline 800 State Farm or 800 Progressive. So it's okay to go along as if you need to, right? So that would be, you know, one tip. Let's talk about, you know, phone number memorization, hybrids, uh, something that spells out. Sure. What about some of those just different variations? Assuming you can find an 800, but should you do, you know, 444-I's or 444-2020 or 800-optometrist or what? I mean, it's made those yeah. again. So I's is actually another one. You see a ton of that. So vein, it was like, you know, 800, 300 vein. And then the practice down the street had 888, 200 vein. And we kind of did like these little market surveys. Um, and we had like three different numbers. There's like veins. We looked for numbers with vein in them, roof in them, eyes in them. And it was like 
the, the vein industry, like 68% on average, people had a number that had the word vein in it. And I was like, they think they're being memorable. But then somebody comes up with 1-800-VEIN-DOC or 1-800-VERICOSE, 800-VEIN-PAIN, uh, and it's like, you know, instantly you're like, oh, that's way more memorable. You, you, you really can't be sort of memorable. You either are or you aren't. People either know your number or they don't. And the data backs that up. And they show that when you start including numbers and words or letters, it drops like up to 75% in terms of recall goes down when you use a phone number like 800 333 vein. Got it. Think about it. There's not a single company nationwide that has been successful doing that. You only think 800 flowers, 800 got junk, 800 dentist. It's not 800 222 rows. <laughs> that totally makes sense. So um, the world that you're in, it's not quite, it, does, it feels a little different than, you know, for example, GoDaddy with URLs. Is there, is there a big marketplace for these numbers or is it kind of an exclusive club or like how would I even begin to figure out how to navigate this world of 800 uh, vanity numbers? It's, if you go online, you'll probably see enough websites offering it, but that doesn't mean that they have a large inventory or that they're a reputable company. It's kind of like the Wild West because it was formed before like the internet, right? So the GoDaddy's made everything nice and organized. You can look up ownership of numbers on the Whois directory. You can't really do that with these numbers. So, you know, my word of advice is find a, a company that is established, look to see how long they've been in business. That's a big part of it. Um, another big part, if you're looking for someone online is, you know, make sure that any license you do, the price is locked in. Okay. You don't want anybody that can that puts a clause in there that they can cancel your number when they want to or raise the price when they want to. All of our contracts have locked in pricing and the number is yours for as long as you want. We can never cancel a customer for any reason other than non-payment. So right. Those are two big things. That, that totally makes sense. Um, going back to, I guess, we come, uh, did not cover the, you know, what are the ideal applications and then some additional applications for a vanity number? Like we're, where do you think it's essential to use a vanity number? And then where do you think is some other cool ideas to use a vanity number? Well, see, I, I look at a vanity number as like your last name. Like anytime you say your business name, your vanity number should follow immediately because people are going to look you up online. I mean, that's just how it goes. So if they want to find you online, they're going to look you up online. And Google got really smart, right? They turned the address bar into the search bar. So unless you put .com, you're going to be found in search not through your website. Um, I think I read somewhere like 84% of people just use the search bar now. They don't even put the exact URL in anymore. Um, so I would say you put that number everywhere because you want people to remember how to reach you at all times. I think that's critical. And the other part of it is, is when you're thinking about why you want people to call, you have to think about what your business is trying to accomplish. And if you want to get new customers, calls convert better than any other lead source, 10 to 15 times more than web leads. So for us, it's we see the power of the phone call. When people call, they're more likely to convert. And if you think about it, they're calling because they have a sense of urgency. You'll use a web form if you're not really concerned about how fast they get back to you, right? Like you kind of have a little time. But when they call, there's a sense of urgency there. And there's one study that was done um, by the circulatory centers, and it was they did it versus their website. They had a web form and they had the phone number. 
and they did an A-B test and they saw that people who called, um, they converted 14 times more than their web leads. They made their appointments three times sooner and they were three times less likely to cancel. So that was really cool findings on their part in terms of the difference between calls and web forms. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because to us, the gold standard, when we do our marketing campaigns, we typically offer both options, right? Some people want to call, some people uh, want to submit a form, and some people want to book an appointment. And it depends on the context. Sometimes the form is better, sometimes booking an appointment is, depending on the situation. But um, the phone calls are almost always the most prized. We want those, which of course means, as we've written about many times, you have to handle those phone calls sure. and have the right process on the back end. Otherwise, everything you just did is wasted, right? If the phone numbers yep. aren't, or the phone calls aren't handed right. And I wanted to expand upon one of the things that I alluded to a minute ago, which is for broadcast in particular, we really like vanity. Like if we're doing digital ads, we're going to drive them to a landing page. It's still nice to have, but it's not as essential. We can do click to call. Um, but it, um, when you're doing radio, for example, it's really, really helpful because there's no visual uh, reference at all. <laughs> they don't get any visual. They don't have to keep anything with them. And TV almost as important, right? Uh, outdoor, if you're driving by, like memorable matters a lot in those cases. Newspaper, if they, the six people that still read the newspaper, <laughs> um, you know, they can keep the ad. That's a little easier. But for most things these days, it's fleeting, right? It's a visual reference that's gone or an auditory reference that's gone. So that's why with external marketing, the um, having a vanity number can really help. And this gets a little more complicated. Sometimes you drive to URLs, sometimes you drive to vanity numbers, sometimes you drive to both. But that's an important issue of thinking through like, okay, what is our call to action? Uh, what are we actually trying to do? Um, Vinny, do you have any other uh, suggestions about this topic? Because again, this, I, th I think this is fascinating. I was thrilled to find that there's actual research to help guide our decisions. Anything else you think is really important to discuss? Yeah, I think I think kind of going back, circling back to just where we were at from the beginning, it's not, you know, the phone versus the internet, pick your lane. It's it's appropriate in certain places. The phone is great for getting that first time customer, especially when it comes to healthcare stuff. Usually someone will call the first time. But then as you were saying, once they're comfortable and they're familiar with the practice, they love to book online. It's convenient. They don't have to hold, they don't have to go through any of that. But we're talking about that first time call on that first time customer, the one that's the hardest to get. And if you can get them to call you, there's a great chance you're gonna turn them into a customer. After that, yeah, they probably do wanna use the internet. They have a relationship. They're, maybe they have an account with you, they're logged in, they can book their appointment. It's simple for them. But in that first time, that hard to get customer, get that call because they will convert. Your odds will go up substantially. But as you said, you gotta handle the call properly. That's very important. Yep. And I'll finish with one bit of advice before we close here is that when you do this, uh, we do get a number of clients who ask, we've trained to really, or work with, they really like those tracking numbers that give exact analytics on the digital side, where we're able to tell exactly which ad worked and exactly um, which um, day and time and all those things. When you use the vanity number, by definition, it's not a tracking number as to the same degree. So if you use the same vanity number across multiple media, you're going to lose some of that tracking. But the trade-off, of course, is getting a lot more phone calls. And so this is where it gets a little bit more nuanced in how and when to use these things. Uh, but we still, you know, we work with all versions of this. We work with regular tracking numbers. We work with local numbers. We work with local tracking, 800. When we can get an 800 number that um, as a uh, branded 800 number is ideal. 
but there's always solutions. That's just a question of what's the most ideal versus you know, a good second choice. So if you're interested in this topic, I, you, know, you can reach out through us through our website. Uh, when appropriate, we'll be happy to introduce you to Bruno, um, but we'd love to help you on this issue if this is something that's a pressing need for you. Um, Bruno, thanks today for joining us. This was fun. Um, again, it's just a, it's a fun topic. I thought our readers were and listeners would be interested. If you agree, leave a note in our blog comments. Thanks, Bruno. Good talking to you. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you.